Hi, and welcome to Matt Holman Talks Mental Health, the podcast where I have the opportunity to sit down and talk with amazing humans about their journeys with mental health. For this episode, I'm so happy to introduce Sara Cecamore to this conversation. Uh, welcome, Sara. Lovely to see you. Welcome. Hi, hi, Matt. Lovely to be here. Great, uh, yeah, great to have this chat with you. Um, bit nervous, but excited. And uh, yeah, let's see, let's see what this is all about. Let's see what it's all about indeed. Um, as I will always do, just a very brief introduction how Sarah and I know each other, and then I'll let you do the proper introduction because you know all about yourself. So uh, I'll let you do that for uh, in a moment. But the introduction that I've got, we were on a training course together. Sarah was one of the uh, delegates on a mental health first aid training course that I was running back in November of 2020. And I just can't believe it's six months since that training. And uh, it feels like it was only yesterday. We were just having a conversation about how uh, quickly this year is flying by. Um, but it was brilliant. And uh, as always, the delegates on that course were just amazing. Sarah stood out as, uh, of course, somebody who was really passionate about the subject of mental health. So made perfect sense when looking for guests to come onto the podcast that Sarah was on my list as well. So welcome. Do you, I'll pass it over to you so you can do your introduction. Thank Please you. Do. By the way, I do have the manual right next to me. So oh, I love it. Brilliant. I'll do a bit of uh, advertisement. Um, yeah, so it's always uh, sitting on, next to, on my desk, uh, just in case I need it. Yep. Um, but yeah, as you um, said correctly, my name is Sarah. Um, we met uh, just slightly over six, six months months ago uh, through a mental health first aid course I did um, at my company, Discovery, um, which is where I've been working for the last um, just over three years. Um, I moved to London exactly three years ago to join this company, moved from Italy, which is where I'm originally from. And uh, this is basically me in a nutshell. Uh, I am a customer success manager at this company. Uh, so project managing um, things around customer experience in the digital world. Um, what else is there to know about me? I'm passionate about sports and uh, tennis in, in, in particular. Uh, so I'm very excited at the moment about the French Open happening and um, clearly the Olympics uh, this, uh, this year and everything else. Um, so yeah, this is, this is me. And mental health has been kind of, uh, yeah, a passion of mine uh, in the sense that I have slowly realized the importance of it, uh, I'd say, from, from when I moved to, to this country. Yeah. And I, I, can, I can go more into details in, in, into that later on. We will. We will. Thank you. It's uh, it's it's just lovely to see you and, and to have the chance to to catch up after six months as well. But uh, as always, the theme of this is mental health, the journey of mental health. So that's the question. So I'm just going to throw it out there and let you tell me a story of your experience, your journey, how you interpret it, of course, is for you to define from your perspective. Um, so, yeah. So I'm going to hand that over to you. So your journey with mental health and I'll let you go. Nice. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's a bit of not really a long story. I'd say okay. my my journey with mental health is has only just started. I'd say um, to really pay attention to what that means. Uh, the cause has really sort of opened my eyes to a number of different issues that people are dealing with, and generally people can potentially deal with. Um, of course myself I think I have actually struggled with with bad mental health in 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 my life in the past um although never been diagnosed anything in particular but I do think I have had uh you know uh why you know I, I'd say mild depression and anxi anxiety attacks um which is partially I think genetics lies in the family 
Uh, my dad has had uh, burnouts and depression when he was, uh, you know, in his late twenties. Um, is still dealing with panic attacks. I've witnessed uh, a couple of them. It's not been nice. Uh, you feel very powerless and you don't know what to do. They try and they're trying to explain what happens to their body, how they feel that the heart is basically coming out of their chest, and you're there trying to understand what that means and uh all they want to do is just run around walk and don't stop and not talk to anyone but talk and it's just very frustrating to be around uh, an experience like that so uh i guess for me you know in in the family there has always been uh that happening but at the same time it was never openly discussed um and i don't know whether it's just because how my family is or because I was younger at the time, and so the topic was never uh, really brought up uh, in the family uh, with, my, with my dad dealing, dealing with that. So I, I quite distinctively remember, you know, sitting at a dinner table uh, with my sister next to me, my mom across me, and, um, and my dad coming back from work. And my mom could tell from the look on his face whether it had been a good day or a bad day. Right, yeah. And depending on what we were talking about, um, she would... I mean, it sounds really bad, but she would literally kick, out, kick us in the, you know, under, underneath the table to basically say, let's, let's not talk about this while, yeah. while dad is, is at the table, mm -hmm. um, because that would, would have put him in a, in a bad mood, in a, in a worse mood than he was already in. And so I always uh, thought that as, as a sign of, oh, we're not talking about it. This is, a, this is a, a, a topic that can't be discussed. It's almost like, and my dad, Potentially, you know, there's this big stigma about, about him being a man as well and not being particularly open about talking, uh, talking about mental health in general. Up to, to, this, to this day, he still struggles at times to, to, to say it, how, how, how things are. Um, so for me, it was always like, yeah, we know that this is going on, but we're not really talking about it. And just only recently, and probably because, you know, we're both, we're, we're all adults now, so... I guess my parents can can fairly assume that you know the the daughters uh, can actually grasp it better, uh, other than at 14, 15 year olds. We now we're now kind of starting to to discuss it a bit more, or just uh, just talking about it really. Um, so for me, the yeah the topic of mental health has always been running in the family mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that I had somebody. And I have somebody who has struggled with bad, bad mental health um, or, you know, um, panic attacks specifically and, and anxiety or just a general sense of being anxious, yeah. uh, which has probably been passed on to me on, on a number of things. Um, yeah. And um, but I've only just recently uh, and when I say recently, I probably say a couple of years. Yeah. Two, three years really understood that that was about mental health. So I sort of flagged that and labeled it as a mental health issue. Okay. Um, simply because maybe I was just oblivious to it, uh, or maybe is I do come from a culture, which is Italy, where I think we're miles away uh, from, from where the UK is in terms of the awareness and the, the conversations around, around mental health. Um, I mean, even I, I don't know the past and I don't want to generalize and I'm, I'm talking about my experience with it. So yeah. other Italians might have a different experience, but 
I would like, I would love to know how many companies in Italy do have a program like the one that we had at Discovery, where they give the opportunity to employees to to train themselves and become first aiders in a uh, in you know in mental health, um, which is something that personally I had never heard of. Yeah. Um, so that gives you an understanding of of how really unaware we are and how little um, it's it's considered to be to be an issue um, and so that means that no conversations are driven around that topic people are probably not talking about it enough um, um, even even the idea of, of going to a psychologist is it's something that is seen as why 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 are you doing that like are you have you got like what's your problem what's wrong with yep. you kind of thing whereas here is just every everyone and it's it's mm. totally okay and it's totally fine and and it's in it's actually quite highly advised that you do uh, and, and go and talk to somebody who's not somebody from your circle of friends or, or somebody who knows you inside out and yeah. um, you need uh, you need a neutral perspective at times about yourself about yourself which isn't always yourself um as well so so yeah and then i guess from from uh, since I since I moved to the, to this country, um, I became more and more aware of of I, I got exposed to to people struggling with with mental health um, and you know the the fact that people I care cared about and care about are struggling with mental health has been a a, a huge driver for me to to try and educate myself a bit better. Um, firstly, to deal with my own issues uh, mental health issues and be aware of what, what's happening with me and secondly also to be able to support them uh, and and be be uh, be ready uh, for when they need me um, without being too judgmental uh, which is the the first thing you shouldn't be doing um, uh, which is the one the one thing we learned during the course um, hopefully listen. you learned more than more than one thing i'm sure you learned yeah that. definitely definitely but that's <laughs> kind of like the, the main thing. main takeaway yeah. is just listen non non-judgmentally which is which becomes really hard when it's somebody you you, you know very well um yes. because then your own judgments play into into that and and also because if if you're somebody who cares about them then then ultimately you're gonna you want to try and help them right and you're going to try and fix the issue for them um yeah. which isn't what you should be doing uh, because you can't fix them um they they it's their own responsibility to do it and they want to have to want it um and you can just be there and support them the best you can yeah so um so yeah that has been uh so far my journey with mental health i guess well, it's interesting. And, and I, you know, I've got this wonderful sort of realisation myself that, you know, I, I lived with it for a long time. I had challenges for a long time, but I never noticed them until after I learned about them, if that makes sense. And it's sort of a conscious yeah. awareness becomes something that you can then reflect on and, and thinking back. I just want to sort of touch on that a little bit, if that's OK. Some of those moments where you might have been feeling on reflection now maybe there was something that was underlying you know can you talk about these sort of experiences you're going through at the time some of those feelings because it's always useful to some yeah. feelings around those um i guess for me it's always been it's i've been thinking about it and then preparing or think or potentially yeah. preparing for this for this podcast and 
Yeah. What is it that I have felt and what is it that I've actually gone through? Because I'm making my own assessments, you know, mm. I've mentioned it that I've, it's not like I've been, I've been officially diagnosed with, with anything, yep. but I think some of the symptoms and, and the way that I felt in the past uh, might have been potentially, you know, mild depression or some, some signs of, of it. Yep. And I guess what I was feeling is, is just, low I was feeling just wasn't feeling motivated and by the way this still happens today you know especially uh especially this last year and a half has been I mean it's been absolutely uh, a killer for 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 many people and yeah. I think it's going to take a lot of time for, for a lot of us to get back to what life was before because yeah. we sort of like now got used to this meh feeling kind of like uh, where it's really hard to to push yourself to do something and and get out there again and 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 be social and and talk to people because we're yeah. sort of like yeah we're used to talk to a screen instead and or hide behind a camera or um so what I was feeling is is I, at times I felt uh withdrawn like I just wasn't interested in 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 being like other people and being in, involved in in what people from my age were, were doing. So I would say I probably struggle with, with that um, between, between my 20s, 30s, I'd say. Um, I've, I've always been a quite sociable person and I guess everyone who knows me would, would say the same. Um, but at times I was just withdrawing a lot. I was just not, uh, not wanting to be involved in, in any social activities or, or things like that. So and and just generally not not feeling like there was something that I liked or that motivated me to 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 do well. Like I guess for me, it's always been about finding a purpose. Like I needed to have a very strong sense of purpose yep. of why of why I, I I needed to do the things I needed to do. And it's still nowadays the one thing that drives me, uh, even at work, I need to know why we're doing something. Yes. Why am I here? Why am I doing this job? Why am I in this country? Why am I on this planet? Kind of like, sounds sounds very daunting, but it's, it's, it's really what I always kind of, at times when I'm in that mood where I get a bit, a bit very reflective and I overthink this is where my head this is where my mind goes I think yep. about why why am I here who's Sarah what am I supposed to do uh, am I doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing so um so yeah I guess um I struggled with what I was feeling is is really trying I was trying to belong I was trying to feel a sense of belonging which was missing for me um uh, because I felt that probably I felt that uh, I was the only one going through whatever it was that I was going through and which is another point right so as long as you don't talk to somebody about what it is that you feel you really don't know and can know that there are plenty of other people that are going exactly through the, through the same things yeah. like you're no different than anyone else um, and so as such I instead felt like I wasn't ready to talk about it or I wasn't I don't know, I didn't feel that it was an issue. I just felt that it was how it's supposed to be, but didn't really realize that and addressed it in the right way. Um, and then, and, and probably because, I don't know, I wasn't probably growing up in the, in the right environment, in the, in, the, in the right supportive environment. I didn't probably have 
enough uh, supportive people around me um, or, or the right people around me. And, and also I just wasn't ready to, to, to discuss or to talk about it. And, yeah. um, and then the moment that, you know, uh, I guess I, I, came, I came to this country and then realized, and I, I felt more comfortable in in the job that I was doing and uh, uh, I was being very very open and sociable and around people then the moment that I started listening to other people's stories I realized oh then maybe it's not just me uh, and also other people have it actually worse than me as well and that that is in no way you know uh, something that you should be happy about god no but it puts everything into perspective as well and yeah. uh, so it helps you deal it helps you deal with your own issues as well yeah um so yeah i guess uh one one thing that i i really struggle with for me which i think kind of uh made me feel depressed or unmotivated was really uh the where i was in in my life before moving to to the uk and before moving to london which was in a job I didn't really like. Um, and I got to, I think I got, I worked to to the stretch, like I got stretched in terms of like the effort that I put into it and and what I was, the, the, the just the, the anxiety that I was dealing with with, with yeah. doing that job. I was a customer service agent. So I was on the phone, I was chatting to people, I was talking to, to people every day, uh, 60, 70 calls a day, we're dealing with people with issues and uh, where is my order? Where is this? Where is that? Having to sort them out. And yeah. it's, um, I think it, it uh, you know, um, definitely had a, a massive impact on me. And uh, I think I was close to, very close to a nervous break, breakdown, if I'm honest. I wasn't happy with what I was doing. Um, um, so, so yeah, and when I had, I, I just felt that I needed a change. I needed to get out, uh, and I wasn't, I wasn't uh, able to get out in Italy. I wasn't able to, and I kept going into those sort of very negative thoughts about myself that I wasn't good enough to get something different, to get a better job, to to do better than than I was. Um, sort of like self fulfilling prophecies, and then you. Yeah. keep believing that you're not good enough yeah, course, and then yeah. you actually yeah. do believe that you're not good enough because you're never given a break um and so when when the the opportunity came along of of, of joining discovery uh with with a job that screamed my name if i'm honest um right. it happened and and that's where i felt i could just sort of let go of everything that has had been up until then and just start start fresh and start over and um become a different person or a better person I should say and I, I I want to hone in on that part if that's okay because I, I I'm, I'm sort of sensing it was a, it was a positive thing definitely yeah. it's um, sound you know from the way you talk about it I, yeah. I feel that where's their anxiety coming here because you know it's a big move coming from you know growing up in a country living in a country to then upping and moving all of everything help well, what's their anxiety yeah uh astonishingly no okay um, interesting um, I'm not sure where my anxiety comes from. I think my anxiety comes from a lot of overthinking okay. of worst case scenarios or, yep. or, or things that okay. might not even happen. Mm. Like my, my go-to thought would always be, my first thing would be that the worst thing would ha will happen. Yep. Uh, 
but I, for, for some weird reason, I felt very comfortable in taking that, 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 uh, making that choice mm -hmm. because, well, up until then I had already lived abroad. Um, I had spent, uh, you know, since I was a, since I was a, a young girl, a uh, time in Germany, learning German, living with a host family, uh, there for like a whole year when I was 16. So okay. I had experience already being away from family, being away from my home country. Uh, I had already experienced a completely different culture from the Italian one. So I had already, and that I, I, I'm also, I also pretty sure that that has had a very huge impact on me as a person, sure. you know, in shaping me as the person I am when, when you're 17 and you're sort of shipped away from your family for a whole year without having to see them uh, for 12 months um, in, a, in a foreign language and everything. So up until that point, I had already been, been around people from, from different countries and lived, lived uh, abroad, but I think I had just reached a, like a, a dead end. I just had reached a point where I'm like, I need to do something about this. I, I just can't keep going like that. Otherwise, I don't know where I'm gonna go. Like I don't know, I I can't I can no longer deal with with negative thoughts about myself, um, and I just need something to change. Yeah. And uh, and so when when the opportunity came came along, I really it was the easiest decision I've ever made. Okay. Um, you know, clearly the logistics of of, of it were were not were not easy. Uh, I moved to to London you know, when I was over 30. Uh, so not something that you just like pack your bags and go in your 20, 23, and you're just like, less. And, you know, lots of things could have gone wrong. Uh, yeah. But I felt safe in in taking that decision and thinking, I can always come back, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's not the end of the world if if uh, if you fail, if, if you like, uh, you know, in a way, it's not a failure, but I just felt I needed to do that. So um, yeah. there was no anxiety other than, other than, you know, getting to this country and, and, and dealing with the stresses of a new job, a new way of working, new people, yep. uh, new um, lifestyle, new, you know, uh, it took, it took a few months to adjust to, you know, I went from living on my own in Milan to, you know, sharing a flat in London people, you know, I had a couple of people who I knew here, but, okay. Yep. I had to really start start from scratch again, making friends and getting to know people and finding the things that I like to do back in Italy here as well. So, mm. but yeah, no, it's been actually an extremely easy decision to make, believe it or not. No, I, well, it, you know, it, it's you interpreting the question as, as always, you know, and if you found it easy, that's fantastic to hear. And it encourages more people to make those choices, you know, because what you've done in effect is you've made a big change in your life. That's a very positive change in your life. And and we all come to those junctions in our lives where we have to make a choice left or right, where we have to decide what we're going to do next, a career change or a job change. So I just think it's fascinating, which is why I love to hear sort of your perspective. And, it, you know, that's a big change as well, moving away from, you know, something that, you know, to somewhere that you don't know so well and you know London's a very cosmopolitan place and yeah you know, totally but I got I got I, I think I have described this in a in a in a nice way in the past where I was I was in a very comfortable com like I was in a very uncomfortable comfort zone if that makes sense like yes. my comfort yep. zone had become a nightmare for me like I wasn't I wasn't able to resort to that comfort zone anymore yeah. Like that comfort zone, which has kept me 
safe for for years wasn't wasn't comfortable anymore um and that was for me uh like an alarm bell that clearly i i needed to to do something about it yeah it's fascinating i yeah i really i really enjoy the thoughts and what you're sharing i think it's really insightful so thank you for sharing those um just going to touch because we've got a few more minutes left just one more question really and then we'll do a sort of wrap wrap up piece but um the last year, of course, has been a bit of a challenge for some of us uh, for many reasons, of course, the biggest reason being a pandemic. Um, how has it been for you? How have you found the last year and how have you taken care of yourself? Over yeah, this last year? it's been uh, it's been challenging, but I think I've, I've handled it uh, fairly well. I've also been extremely lucky, I must say, uh, that uh, my circumstances have been have allowed me to to, to take care of myself in, in a good way. And. I didn't really have a lot of like challenging uh, circumstances on top of the pandemic, Me- meaning I, I was lucky enough to be able to keep my job and keep working, yeah. uh, which many people have not been uh, lucky to do, you know, yeah. so that keeps you going, that keeps you that um, uh, keeps you having purpose, you know, to go back to what we were, we were talking about. And that's yeah. a big, that is a big um part of your life even if you're not somebody who's particularly career driven but having a job really gives you purpose um and at times i I bet even if it's a job that you don't like you know uh especially in in those in those uh difficult situations um Mm. i was really lucky that i was able to actually spend some some a lot of time with my family because i was able to travel back to italy so you know in that in 18 months, I'd say, you know, good four, five, five months I've spent with them, um, which I come from a city on the sea, on the seaside. So I was there in the summer, enjoying enjoying the beach and the good weather. Um, I have a year, one-year-old nephew who I actually managed to see for almost half of his first life, like uh, um, year of life sorry um which wouldn't have been the case if if i if the pandemic didn't uh, didn't happen so uh for me that has been you know a massive silver lining and i've always been somebody who's was um was used to be aware away from family but really this has this has made me put things into a perspective and and uh the the fact i'll be forever grateful uh to covid (laughs) i'd say um for allowing to, to spend this this much time with them. Uh, yeah. It had its own challenges uh, for sure, because you know, when when you're used to live by your own by your own, by yourself and haven't haven't lived with your parents in a while, it yeah. it, it is um it's an adjustment. An adjustment, I think. It, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, it's an understatement. So you yeah. call it an adjustment. <laughs> uh, they're just on you all the time, 24-7. What are you yeah. doing? Why? Why do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Like constantly on you. Yeah. Because course. you're never around. So they wanna they wanna take take in every single moment of you because you know yeah. you know that they're you're gonna yeah. leave again. Uh but yeah, so I've been I've been extremely lucky. And yeah. so uh lucky as well that you know i have i really have a great support system of people uh i can just call anytime um and they they would pick up the phone any time of the day and i can i can just chat and talk and um so that is you know i share with one of my best friends and closest friends so that has really uh tightened the bond between the two of us and uh it's been a really you know I shouldn't be complaining about anything. So it's been tough, 
um, being taken away the freedom of just catch a plane and, and go anywhere and escape or do the things that you like being outdoor, you know, yeah. for me playing tennis or uh, whatever that is. Um, but I've been, I've been really, really, really blessed, I must say. Okay. No, I appreciate that as well. And it's, it's good to hear. And I love to hear that, you know, that you've had a, you've, you've had a positive experience of it as well. And I, and of course not everybody has, and that's something also, also that we, that we recognize, you know, and, and so it is important to sort of, you know, it's good to enjoy it and it's good to do it. And it really is. And I love that. Um, but yeah, there are still people who are, I guess, struggling through that. And you've explained that exactly point, you know, with those points of, you've, you know, you've been able to keep your job and you've been working throughout and, and you have purpose with that, which is, which yeah. is great. Um, not, that, not to say that, you know, you sort of get, I guess the, the most, um, uh, the one thing that we will be struggling with uh, post COVID or we're struggling with now is just this very sense of, like almost apathic about everything just mm. a feeling of not quite sure how I feel it's yeah. very like you just feel flat you yeah. just feel flat uh, and it's really so th okay. that I've actually struggled with uh, yeah. I just really couldn't it was harder times to just get out of bed and and you know I was trying to snooze my alarm until the very last minute yeah. yes I'm gonna wake up at five to nine wow um, and it's whereas before I was commuting an hour into West London, you know, like things I would now they feel they feel like why 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 was I doing that? How was I doing that? Yeah. Well, now I know why you were late for the training. Then that's because you snoozed the alarm too many times. I'm joking. Oh. You, you weren't. I don't remember you being late. I I think you were. I hope I wasn't. You were a good student. You were on time in in all good time. Um, we're right at the end. I'm just going to throw it to you just for final thoughts. If you've got anything you want to share, say, oh my God. Um, please do, I, you know, keep it brief because we are over the 30 minutes now, but this is, you know, this is not me being the, uh, the time police uh, time bandit. Um, any final thoughts, Sarah? Um, I mean, it's really difficult, but I guess uh, really for me, mental health is about also um, self-acceptance and, and, and uh, reflecting on yourself and really yep. accepting that you are, struggling with something and that it's absolutely okay and it takes a lot of time to to accept that about yourself and it's not just about mental health it's, it takes a lot of time to accept yourself as a human being full stop uh body uh the way you think the way you speak the way you you know you come across with people so it's really it, that i think that to me is that is the biggest battle that everyone has to deal with and then then the moment that you accept yourself then then i guess your mental health will will be better as a consequence of it and and find yourself people who you can actually talk about about what, what it is that you're struggling with and yeah. get that that support system going and and that that is really 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 important so. brilliant great way to finish it off uh, <laughs> accept yourself as a human being i think i took it out of that i love it 24 hours a day 24 hour humans oh, um sorry it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for participating yes, I thank hope you for having me it. oh more than welcome more than welcome um as i always say just at the end as i wrap this and you actually alluded to it and what you just said is if you are feeling alone if you do feel like there's nobody to talk to please don't please try to find that space where you can talk safely. There are many people out there today who you can contact. You can talk to me if you wanted to contact me. And sorry, I know you, people could contact you if they've got any questions as well about anything we've spoken about. But organisations like Samaritans exist today to help support these conversations. 116 123, free to call. If you don't like picking up the phone and calling, you can always text to shout 85258. But no, there is somebody always out there who you can talk to. 
non-judgmentally who will just listen and that's really important so thank you so much Sarah it's been an absolute pleasure it's been lovely to see you again and I Likewise. just wish you Likewise. all the very best to you and your family and your friends and everybody at Discovery thank I wish you. you all the very best thank you same goes to you and everyone who's okay. listening at the moment oh thank you take care, take care.